millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Podcast Gab Fest for a multiracial mix of queer writers gathered around the table to talk about sex. Mm-hmm. Identity. Mm. Culture. <laughs> oh my God, no, I quit. What we like to read and who we like to read. Food for thought. Always bringing up the rear. Come on now. <laughs> the caboose, if you will. The caboose, if you will. Uh, this is a very. We really are the caboose of culture. We really I mean, are. Come on now. I'm just. In that sort of like New York Magazine gradient, it's just like all the way at the bottom. Caboose, caboose, <laughs> yeah. caboose. Being the youngest of four we children. Are culture's dumb truck. Yeah. Being the youngest of four children, my mother actually always said, oh. They're the caboose. She's the caboose. Oh my god! The caboose in my family. You've so been you're a saying you you've been a bottom so forever, baby. What you're saying is your mother made you gay, <laughs> don't they all? What you're saying is every day your mother would be like, "My daughter has a dump truck." <laughs> <laughs> And like, on your like 18th birthday, it was like a, a, like a massive amounts of dildos. They were just like, wipe yourself up to the big ones because I know you're going to like baby arm at some point. Oh my God. I knew. Now I know I, my girl has a huge ass. I knew. Um, a, that would actually be me as a parent. I knew a straight guy in college whose mom did get him sex toys for him and his girlfriend for like all his little gifts. She would send him care packages with Love like that. sex dice and like feathers and handcuffs. Listen. And I was just like, uh, we stand a progressive you know I, mother. Sure. I mean, I wouldn't, be, I don't want to have that kind of a relationship with my child, no, perhaps. No, thank but you. But like, I am, I'm glad that some people feel that comfortable. It takes sure. all kinds. Sure. Sure. <laughs> sure. Sure. I am Tommy Teebs Pico, Indigenous American poet, a screenwriter, TV writer, and I just got my monkeypox jab. You, Teebs. That's amazing. That's amazing. I am Joseph Osmondson, scientist, nonfiction writer. And y'all don't know this, but today, Teebs has a hard out, but I have a hard on. Oh. I like that Shut up. Uh, I, I appreciate it. I don't dislike um, the joke. I just don't like the deliverer. It's about the delivery. I thought it was going to be the execution. delivery, but it was just the deliverer. Okay. It's always about the execution. Mm. And you should be executed. Be, um, yes. It sounds so restful. <laughs> I'm Fran, I'm a writer, I'm an editor, and uh, I most definitely was cruising in my monkeypox vax line. Oh, it is the cruise site. That was... The girls were. It was, yeah, the girls, the grinder grinder grid was open, (laughs) the girls were looking. They were doing some Linda Blair 360 head turns in that little (laughs) holding area. (laughs) Teams, teams, you know that... It was very validating. it It is a contract when you get the Bavarian Nordic vaccine that in the next two weeks, you actually have to touch someone. Wait, what? You have to touch someone, Teebs. Wait, why? You have to go out and touch another human body. 
No, that's not true. It is. Where does the, the CDC <laughs> didn't say that. The CDC didn't say that. What are you talking no, about? It's touch people. It's does not the CDC true. It's not, not true. Stip- oh my god, I literally believed you. <laughs> it activates the vaccine to suck a dick. You have to go suck I, a dick in the next. Wow. Week. No. I want to touch somebody. Don't, don't put that misinformation on Grinder. Oh, oh! I want to feel this skate with somebody. <laughs> no. I'm going back to bed. I am Den Michelle Norris. I'm a reader, a writer, a former figure skater, and I can't with these hoes, and I'm going back to bed. That's it. That's it. Well, tellingly, our episode today is about rest because we have come to the finale of whatever season this was of this show. Its name, I barely know. Who are you people? <laughs> and uh, in, in addition to talking all things rest and relaxation, uh, we have a finale game for you. And as always, a sweet petite treat. Mm, take it away. Mm, I'm feeling a bit peckish. Uh, I think we should start the top of the show the way any good top should with our uproarious appetizer segment, Amuse Bouche. And to amuse our bouches, uh, the cornichon goes to Joe, I believe. I refuse to be called anything but ho in these times on these gotcha. streets. Uh, mm-hmm. It is me. We're doing a swipe game, a classic for our last episode of the season. I'm going to give you some categories, some topics, some little bites from culture, and you're going to tell me yes which is swipe right or new, which is swipe left. Nur, nur. Okay, first up, first up. The heat, swipe right, swipe left. I mean, I always prefer the heat to being cold, but... Same. I love it. I, yeah, it's fine. I'll, I'll swipe right, I'll swipe right. I will say that, like, just apropos of me and my home, I don't give a fuck. Like, it's hot, I take my shirt, I take my clothes off, you know what I mean? Like, I have my ice water, I don't ever put on the AC because that God didn't raise me that way. But, um, <laughs> I, I... My my, but I love walking around. Like I love being mobile. Mm. I love exploring places, and it just gets very very difficult when mm-hmm. it's this hot. Because the other thing that I do very very well, besides write, read, and suck dick, is I'm <laughs> very very good at sweating. Oh, and, that's true. And it just like I am constantly wet. Got to go in like a turbo jet. You know what I mean? I don't like it. I think it's rude. I think sweat glands are rude. And uh, I don't like... So for that instance, I'll swipe left. But I will swipe right because it's growing season and my plants are thriving. Thriving, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, what about you, I mean, I... I was going to say... I was going to say, Teebs, I'm actually... My mind is blown <laughs> that you don't turn on your AC. I know. You live I in don't. LA. It's not... Like it's like ninety nine degrees in LA. The only time, the, time. the only time I will indulge is if I have a date, which means I have to get ready, which means Teams, I can't be sweaty. Teams, you are gamefully employed. You make good money. You need to turn on the motherfucking AC. <laughs> it, it is adulting, girl. You deserve some air conditioning when. We are in a global heat wave. Yeah. Like the earth is <laughs> like collapsing. the world is ending. Do you really think that you're going to keep it, going at this rate with no AC? Turn the fucking AC. You off. know what? I just, I actually did, as yours, I did 
Ian Levan Zant, my best friend, about something similar when she was like, I've been keeping a tab. And I've been keeping a tally. And um, no men ever get up for me on the subway because she's pregnant, like very visibly pregnant. She's like, no men ever get up for me. And say, it's only black women and, and the wow. odd, odd woman of color who would get up for me. And I was like, bitch, your first problem is you're still getting on the subway. You're a fucking <laughs> TV writer. And, she, yeah. and you're yeah. going to Fasty. your you're going to your 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 medical examination. She was like, yeah, but it's like all on the Upper West Side. And like I live in Brooklyn. I was like, bitch, it's your doctor appointment. Like, you, of all things, take a car. But I'm, I'm not car. to be victim blaming, but you're a TV yeah. writer. Take a fucking yeah. car and you're pregnant. Yeah. Why are you on the sweltering subway pregnant when you mm. could do something different? I would, take a, mm. so, I would take a car that far for far less. <laughs> and I'm not Listen, a TV patterns writer. Of, patterns of poverty are very hard to break. It is really, yeah. it is so hard to be like, I am allowed to spend this money. I just got back from my first vacation in like five years. Ooh, it was stressful. It was stressful. I, mm. I'm not going to lie, Ho, when I realized that you were in Lisbon, I was like, this bitch spent all the money that is required to go to Lisbon. Not that it's, I don't know how expensive it is, but I just was like, I was like, good for you and good. I was like, Dr. Eric has earned his his money. Yes, yes. We, uh, we did go because Lisbon is the most affordable city in all of Western Europe. But other than that, other than that. Okay, next up, next I, up. Go ahead, go yeah. ahead, Fran. No, it's fine. Okay, next up, calling come baby juice. Oh God, no! Swipe left. What are you Who talking does that? about? Give me that baby juice. Who does that? The Give me that baby juice. No one does that. Um, <laughs> I do that. Ew. Okay, swipe left, but with the right man in the right setting, I'll be like, oh, put your babies in me. No, right? See? no, but not baby no. juice. I hate, <laughs> I hate that. It sounds like responsibility. When somebody starts talking about it in terms of, I'm, I'm putting put my babies in. I'm, no, no, no. That sounds like a commitment. I'm not doing that. <laughs> okay, next up, next up. How about the documentary out this fall, Queer for Fear, featuring Tommy Team Speako? Oh. I swipe right excited. on it. I swipe right on it. Love what watching Teams be a talking head. Can you can you tell us about it, Teams? What is Queer for Fear? Queer for Fear is a Shutter documentary series, um, much in the vein of horror noir, which was the history of blackness in horror, um, which started with D.W. Griffith's Birth of a Nation all the way up until mm. Get Out. And this is examining horror from a queer perspective. I think it's going to be three or four episodes. I featured prominently in episode one. I've only seen the first hour of episode one. It's like an hour and a half. And it takes people from all walks of life. Um, some of them are horror directors themselves, like Justin Simeon. Some of them are like authors of horror, like Carmen Maria Machado. Mm. Uh, some of them are actors like uh, um, uh, uh, Jasmine Savoy Brown or uh, uh, Misha Osharovich, people like that. And it's really just like starting with, you know, um, uh, like Hitchcock around there and moving into, you know, Freaky or uh, I Know What You Did Last Summer and like stuff like that. So it's 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 covering quite a large breadth of uh, of um, of cinema, but it's comprehensive. It's totally I mean, it's shot so well and so convincingly. So everyone is so fucking smart. I love it's It's going to be dope. And also a friend of Ho's was the editor, I believe. Yes. David, shout out to David Kidrich for he's the editor of the first episode. Yep. yep. Ooh, so I've been hearing cool. that the drama, the behind the scenes drama for, for years now, but mm-hmm. it's going to be amazing. Next up. That song running up that hill, been running up that road. Something, something places. 
Swipe right, swipe left. That song, swipe right on Kate Bush, our queen. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know who that is. I, mean, I just know that song. Kate Bush. As of two weeks ago. I mean, because you watch Stranger Things. Um, I feel like, I feel like swipe right, but swipe left on people that have like just discovered this as like a novel contribution to culture that has existed for decades and has always been a classic. Yes. Um, and also Kate Bush has other songs. This is to me, like, this is as egregious. And I'm not saying I'm like a huge Kate Bush fan, but like this was not my first Kate Bush moment. This to me is as egregious as when people thought that Missy Elliott was a new rapper when she had that oh moment. Oh my God. In that was just Super Bowl. Wait, wait, wait. Isn't Kate Bush one of the, that. isn't, aren't Kate and Jenna Bush the daughters of George W. Oh Bush? Oh God, get out of You're, here. Wow. You're done. You're, You're fired. Fired. Where's Matt Rogers? Don't even. I'm, <laughs> Okay, the next. Matt, we no longer can afford Matt's rate. We're going to have to find a different white person. <laughs> okay, you know, the next, the, the next two are related. Next up is gay divorce. Swipe right. Love it. Swipe Love right. <laughs> the only reason I wanted gay Big marriage fan. was so that I could be a gay divorcee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as a future divorcee, fully on. I on love that. dating divorcees. I've dated many a divorcee, and I'm a fan. I am too, because a lot of them have gone through therapy. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They've gone through par- therapy, hotter. they know how to communicate. They know how to read me quickly and know what I want, and then they make the decision to do what I want so that they can be with me. I like it. It works. <laughs> they don't play There's games. There's nothing sexier on Grinder than the words, my first husband. <laughs> or <laughs> even in my case, it's my first wife. <laughs> next, related, next up, polycules. You know... I would like to try one. Frank, can you like de- try one. can you define a polycule for us, please, Fran, for our, yes, please. our listeners who don't know what it is, aka me? Um, um no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I cannot. No. Um, I mean, from what I understand, it's a, it's a, you know, polyamory. If you don't know what polyamory is, how are you on this podcast? Why are you listening when to people us? that are when people that are polyamorous conjo- convene together and um they're all in love and they all maybe live together or or if maybe cohabitate in some capacity. Um, uh, Joe, you know more about this than I do. I really don't. I mean, I, I know people have told me recently that they're, that they're in a polycule, but I think it's like open relationships that every polycule is defined by different it's, laws of physics in a way. It's it's a relation. Yeah, I mean, with po- poly in general, it's just like an ongoing experiment. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> um, but like I've... With- I mean, I don't say that in a pejorative way. Like, I, I say that as someone who aspires to be poly. But, like, I I, I think polycule is just a, a new... It's it's a it's a relationship structure. Mm-hmm. So it's like, if I have a primary partner, my primary partner might have a boyfriend who also sometimes hangs out with the both partners. And the other partner has a boyfriend and a girlfriend. And they all hang out together sometimes. And sometimes they're separate. And sometimes they hang out in threes and twos. And maybe some of them live together. And maybe some of them don't. And maybe some of them live together part part of the time and I don't know maybe I, that's um, is. just hearing that I need to pause and go get a clonopin <laughs> honestly with the rates of, is so stressful with the rates of inflation these days I support it I support it I mean right? yeah, the rent could, is too like, damn high I was gonna say like if you could rent, split went four ways because you were in a polycule hell fucking yes. yes I love that we are all still living like paupers even though we all Make pretty good money. I not was talking me. to not, again. Not, talking I think, to, I think not <laughs> just like speak for yourself. I don't, but. Know, I don't know about that. Yeah, I, I'm like, I, I still like, work for a nonprofit. 
Let's not get crazy. Was, Who's the wealthiest? Me or Tommy? Probably, probably or Fran. Is Den, but does Den is, are you, I mean, Den is a head honcho now. I, at a nonprofit. Trust me. In, 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 in publishing. Yeah, no, I'm not she making... Is, she is a, a head, a she head honcho speaking in publishing. Gigs. It's true. I did, I, did, I did just land a speaking agent, and she is already working. So that is a good thing. Working. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, okay. Next up, how about reading books? Are we reading books this summer? I'm reading comic books. Oh, interesting. I can't read. Oh, <laughs> I'm reading. I'm back... I'm back on reading. I was off it for like months and I'm able to read again this summer. It's like, it's crazy. Team yeah. doing comic books. Yeah. I mean, love I that. like, I loved them like 20 years ago and I stopped reading them when I started having sex and. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I love that. But I've been getting back into them. I don't know why. I think it was just like I had. Well, we'll talk about this when it gets to the main sub, our main subject, which is yeah. rest. But like I had some time off and I was like, wait a minute. I liked these back in the day. Let me just see what's going on with the girls. And That's amazing. I found a couple of things that I really like. Yeah, I'm reading. I don't know. It's interesting. There are there are years where there's a bunch of books published and I don't like any of them. And I will say that I'm really loving most of what I'm reading this year. Like, I really am. Um, I don't know. It's just, like, I'm doing that Fire Island share, so I'm reading a lot out there. And mm-hmm. all my friends read a lot, too. And so that helps. Like, when I'm, like, away with friends, there's lots of time built in to read. And I it's been really great for me because I will say that I didn't read nearly as much as I wanted in 2020. Um, in late 2020 and early 2021, I didn't do a lot of reading. Yeah. But I'm I'm like I'm reading with a vengeance now, and it's great. I'm working on like forgiveness and ease on myself in the periods of my life where I can't read because it just happens. Your brain is just sometimes like not interested in doing that thing, and it doesn't make mm. you less of a reader or less of a writer. It's just the the cycles of being an adult human in a horrible fucking world. Exactly. Um, how do we feel about pride being over? Pride being over. Swipe right. Swipe left. Swipe right. Swipe right. I mean, yeah, I'm exhausted. And last but not least, related to Pride, swipe right, swipe left, Drake's Gay Bait album. You know, I wouldn't even call it a Gay Bait album. I would just call it gay because Drake is pretty gay, (laughs) you know, just on a baseline. Like a cultural gay, yeah. The Ketamine album that he released, which is like really like, it's like good background house music, is actually not that gay. Like, Mm. Beyonce's single, like, her one single was 50 times gayer than Drake's entire album, Mm. in my opinion. She gathered Um, him. She really gathered him. she really did. And it it just has gay influence, gay beat. It has, obviously, Big Frida. It has, like, you know, gay slang in it. Like, there's just, like, she, you know, went in on gay house. And I think that Drake, you know, was trying to do his, like, cool girl like you know um uh it's vibes drake only ever does vibes and it's it's also like fringe house from like the baltimore house scene like it's yeah i don't you know it's kind of like the difference is like you know in OnlyFans, you've got like the gay baiters who never actually show you dick or hole but like will make you pay for like a 15 minute thing or 15 second thing where they just kind of like really quickly flash themselves like that's drake's album and like beyonce's (laughs) single is like hardcore you pay (laughs) $4.99 
$4.99 and I give you full cum vids every day and like I'm every fucking day. everything. Yeah, that's what yeah, it was. I agree. No pay-per-view, whatever. That's so funny. I agree. Oh having God, not listened actually so an ounce, to having only become aware in this conversation that Drake put out a new album. <laughs> I agree. I Thank you so much for playing. I'm going to wrap it up with that, D. Always, always and forever behind. Time we get to the meat of our discussion, the thought process spelled T-H-O-T. T-H-O-T. And uh, I've got your sausage this week. So this week, our season finale, again, of whatever season this is, because none of us knows, we're all weary bitches. Uh, we're going to talk about rest. And I wanted to bring this up because I haven't worked since February, like intentionally. I Like I worked for two years straight and nights, weekends, everything. Uh, and I took a break in February to do really just like assess. And I leave, I say this to say that I have a hard out as Joe pointed out, because I'm going to a friend's place far, far away to hunker down and do work for the first time since wow. February and to actually like get a new draft to my feature, build out my pilot, all this kind of stuff. And just really sit down in this sort of faux residency and wake up and only do work and do work until I go to bed, which is what I used to do. But I feel like endless grinding while it is, you know, it was a point of personal pride to be like, I wrote four books in four years, but it was like, I didn't have a partner. I didn't see my friends. Like I just, I just worked. And you know, when we put this show together, I was like, how do I get, four workaholics from New York to hang out with me regularly. Let's turn it into a podcast. <laughs> no. It's oh true. my God. It's you know, and I, kiss of death. I've been really trying to, I have been actively cultivating a life outside of my productivity and to I, I develop an identity outside of a, a beast mode. You know what I mean? And trying to mm. actually get into the intricacies of my personality and, and try to focus on feeling good rather than feeling productive mm. because I've equated the two for far too long. And I'm curious, what is y'all's relationship to rest and relaxation in, in, in the crazy grind culture that we live in? Fran, I'm most curious to hear from you because I feel like it's changed maybe? Question mark? It's changed massively. I've definitely talked about it on the show quite a few times, but um, have been a workaholic my whole life, am now a recovering workaholic, and have radically changed my relationship to work and how I base my worth off of it and the value of my life and all that jazz. And anybody that has been listening to the show since day one has heard that transformation and how drastically different that is, even if I do sometimes, even if I am very worky sometimes, like, I'm, I am always going to be a hard worker, but... Now my relationship to, you know, work is that, you know, I don't really want to do it that much. <laughs> and I feel like I am my best self when I have um, maybe two to four months of work and I might work really, really hard on one or a few mm. projects. And then I take a lot of time off. Mm -hmm. And I also take vacations once a month. Wow. Uh, at least yeah. <laughs> like uh, and even if it's just like uh, I need to get away for a weekend with my friends I need to have a staycation I need to you know like I'm that's just always that's my median and I also don't work nine to five ever mm -hmm. um, I, I work eight to maybe two uh -uh. and like and then I'm done for the day and I think that um, I don't know just as you were talking about earlier Joe challenging myself to 
to say, hey, I actually, you actually don't need to be working right now. There's nobody behind you cracking the whip. There's nobody like hovering a salary over you. Like it's just you. And so you can be, you can just be. Period. Yeah, we're not making commission off this. <laughs> oh my god, I've been I've been really struggling with that. I mean, I was just on vacation for the first time in a long time, like not book tour, not like travel to network with writers. Like my boyfriend and I went to Lisbon, got an Airbnb, and had no plans. And I I love disconnecting. Like I don't have a problem disconnecting, but it's always like a little bit scary to come back and feel like I think increasingly it's just hard to have faith that like you're doing okay as an adult and that Mm. your decisions around when to work and when to rest are valid and Mm. are not gonna like fuck you over in ways that make you lose your job or your livelihood i just i just guess i always feel kind of like there's a twinge to the rest that's always like i'm gonna lose my ability to make money because I'm taking this time off and mm. definitely have been working on it my whole life. Know that I need rest. Like I have never needed a rest. Like I did when we went to Lisbon, I needed 10 days off and I got it and I feel much better. It actually like did a lot of good for me. And I like took time off almost entirely from monkeypox work. And I did not force myself to write anything, but it's actually coming back that I've just been like, Oh no, I'm so behind. That was a huge mistake. And I just have to sit in that feeling and like, accept it and be okay with it behind on what on everything on life on like i don't know i have this thing where i'm always like because i don't have a traditional career none of us on this podcast have a traditional career i don't know that traditional careers exist any longer in the world you know well thank god yes but also like you used to have a much much more stability and less precarity or at least for some people in some fields um, but it just is stressful to figure out like what is your balance in life. And when no one is forcing you to do anything, it's very hard to actually just create that balance for yourself. It's scary. Yeah. Yeah. I always kind of felt like if I wasn't working, I was going to dissipate. Like that was the thing that was holding my, me in shape, you know? <laughs> but then I started to like look at all these people I came up with in TV writing, all my friends who like work in sort of this industry. And like, I mean, they're thriving, you know, they've got, they're directing this thing, they're in this writer's room, they're doing that thing, that thing, double duty or whatever, but they are miserable. Like they are yeah. just like an eyelash away from a tear. Like they're just, <laughs> like I've had people say, I'm, I'm full, I, like I, I feel like I'm gonna pop. So he's like, I just got done crying because I didn't know what else to do in between, you know, that project and that project. And I was like, I don't, I want to be, I want to be booked. You know what I mean? I want to be able to, to have a, like provide financial stability for myself, but not at the cost of my happiness. You know what I mean? Not at the cost of, of, I don't know, like, um, like my sanity. (laughs) Mm -hmm. How about you, D? What do you, how do you feel about work? Work, 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 work. We're supposed to be talking about rest. I mean, that's what's hilarious about this. It's supposed to be about rest. And we're like, work, 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 work. work. It contextualizes the rest. So this is really interesting. I'm just going to say this is kind of how crazy I am, particularly when it comes to me thinking about, like, my job and how I make my living. And, like, it's always, like, that has always been a struggle. And, like, the ways in which I've always been a workaholic have always been tied to the simple fact that not only was I, like, worried about losing my livelihood, I didn't have enough livelihood, right? Like, my, mm-hmm. like, like my nonprofit jobs up until this point were not enough alone to sustain 
my financial need. And so I always had to work on top of those. I always had to take on part-time jobs in addition to that. I always had to freelance. I had to do whatever I could to make it make more money just to survive. And one of the really wild things is that this is the first, the last um, year and a half, I've not been living paycheck to paycheck. And that's the first time that's really mm-hmm. happened. And now I'm like, but but for a while it was like I had, I had maybe had one extra month's money in my bank account. And now I have a lot more than that. And that's like crazy mm-hmm. to me because that has really not been my situation in the past. And that doesn't come from this job so much as it comes from speaking gigs and freelancing and things that I do on the. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Side. But the point is, um, it's interesting because I'm starting to feel like I can reframe the way I think about work and the way that I think about rest, because even though I have a hard time sometimes moving outside of that trauma mindset of, oh, my God, like I have to I have to like you know, make more money to know that I'm going to be okay. Because like, this is my thing. I don't like, like, even when I have a job, I don't like to not know where my next extra check is coming from or when it's coming, like my mm-hmm. next freelance check. Like, it, like I have my salary and all that, but I'm like, like, I'm stressed if I don't know that I have, you know, a gig that's paying me in four weeks or whatever. So yeah. now it's like, I'm working really hard to break that cycle of thinking because it's like, if you've stacked a little bit, you can rest for the first time. And I really like at the beginning of the summer was almost like going to lose my mind because I had just been going, going, going for a long time, taking no breaks. Um, and sometimes I, I used to feel like that was okay because it was easier to just keep working and feel like I had a handle on that and try to rest around Mm. that. And now I'm learning that that's not okay. And that's not, that's not healthy in the long run. And it's so interesting. Like maybe six weeks ago, I was having a one-on-one with my boss at Electric Lit. And she was like, remind me once you've been here for a year, Um, let me know because I'm going to give you more vacation days because every year you get like an increase in your vacation days. And my first reaction was to sort of in my head freak out and like be stressed because I was like, I don't even know if I'm going to use all the days that I've had for the first year. Like, and you want to give me more? Like, I don't know what to do with that, which is crazy. That's like insane. But that's like how I think. So I say that to say that I'm in that same space and I'm really working hard to work through it. I'm like spending the money to like do a Fire Island share. Even I work when I'm out on Fire Island, like I work if I'm there during the week. Um, And like, I just took this trip to Charleston for a week, but like um, that was last minute. So I didn't have time to like take off. And so I I didn't take off. I worked while I was there. Um, But like even just getting in the practice of doing these things and putting myself in the position to also be like, and I can take time off when I do that. And I can do this like, Like, that's something that I'm having to intentionally work on because 
um, I have to break the cycle that resting isn't laziness or else, like, I will lose my mind. Mm. Like, there will be a break. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah. Well, we have all been cultured to believe that resting is laziness. Mm-hmm. Like, it for hundreds of years. Like, the invention of the workforce in America specifically and why we work harder than, like, any other country for no reason at all, mind you, is, like, absolutely obscene. I want to plug that book again, Do Nothing by Celeste Headley, because it's just, like, so amazing. I'm totally going to boof this, like, thing I remember reading from it. But, like, I remember reading about how in, like, the 1800s or some shit, J.P. Morgan was really good friends with one of the leaders of, like, the Lutheran church. Joe, this is going to make you so mad. (laughs) And literally, like, J.P. Morgan was friends with, like, the church and convinced one of the church leaders to hammer down on the Lutheran belief that idle time is a sin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. And and be, literally in our in our religion, in the religion that was like, you know, majority predominant uh, in in the country at that time has waned more but is still infiltrating as like an odorless gas in every single corner of our lives, like Anglo-Saxon religion, mm-hmm. religious like ideals. Like it is actually crazy that like corruption has forced us all to think that like we are lazy if we have a free hour. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like that is so sick. Um, yeah. And there are so many different stories like that. Well, you know, you think about like Oscar Wilde or whatever. I mean, this is probably just like a flourish of his wit, but he was like, the reason I smoke is because men's hands should never be idle. (laughs) Yeah. I want to go back to that point too, friend, because this is another thing I've been working through that my therapist started to talk me through um, because she she went to um, divinity school as well. And like, and like part of what has made my work with her so great is that Um, She has that and she can really help me think through my upbringing. But like I've always talked and y'all have heard me, I'm sure, talk about this. And even in the context of my job, like I've talked about how like writing and storytelling and all that is like my purpose and how part of why I'm so happy in my job is because for the first time, my livelihood is tied to what my purpose is. Those previous jobs were great work. There was value in them, whatever, but they weren't what I wanted to do with my life. And so that's my Mm. purpose. And like I love that and I still believe that and whatever. But I began to understand years ago that that kind of um, language and that framing came from my religious upbringing, which was centered in God has a purpose for you. God has a purpose for this. God has a purpose. God's intentions, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, oh, I found mine. And that feels great. But the issue is that, I don't know, this is maybe in the last month or two, I saw a meme going around and it said like the idea that that we have to even have a purpose greater than Mm -hmm. just living and being beautiful and existing is like so specious and I had never really gone that far in my new thinking and I was like man even my feeling that I have a purpose and that perhaps I found my purpose and that I'm in line with my purpose and how great that feels and how happy I am for the really for the first time like even that which feels so good to me is just reinforcing this like framework that centers work and that centers productivity mm-hmm. as though that in itself is some divine value and let me tell you it's you not. you're gonna lie you're gonna you you take it to religion and i always take it to capitalism right if your yeah. if your job is your passion they will exploit your labor yes. you know? yeah yeah it's the lie of the american dream too you know it's it's just about how um 
I mean, I'm someone who consider I, I consider myself to have a calling. You know, I I, I consider that I, I think I have a through line in a lot of my work and the things that I do that are leading me towards something great. But like you, we all have to like culturally disregard this idea of like the purpose. Mm-hmm. Like se- separate separate your purpose, quote unquote, from your convictions. Your convictions are really important. What you believe in is really important. Your life purpose is something that just gets warped too quickly mm-hmm. into uh, being a cog in a capitalist machine. And like, I, I always say like, there is no such thing as life. There's no such thing as life purpose. Life is the purpose. Mm-hmm. Life is I mean. purpose. And I, I, I yeah. try to, I try, I mean, like, I'm not always true to that as a virtue, but I try. You know? Well, we all, so what do you all do? What do you, what do you do to rest? That's exactly what, is, what I was going to ask. Is he, like, I, I know. <laughs> I feel like, I mean, like, rest doesn't mean not learning, right? Yeah, For me, rest exactly. doesn't mean necessarily being in bed. I find a tremendous amount of solace learning about, like, plants. I mean, I'm, I'm about to take a, um, a class on botany. Like online, I'm I'm really interested in all of that, and taking care of my plants makes me feel good. And I mean, you know, getting on YouTube and looking at all of the you know epic gardening and all the YouTubers who are telling me how to keep my rubber plant alive and testing soil pH and figuring out like what kinds of plants like which kinds of soil and and uh, looking at like you know water meters and shit and like I just I like that. There's something about that that I find very satisfying. I mean, like I really, 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 really want to take singing lessons again it's such a cathartic experience and like mm. my friend Roy's doing it right now and he's got mm. like his recital coming up and we get to all watch on zoom and I'm like bitch I want to do that shit like yeah. yeah I'll come to your zoom recital <laughs> and I have to say also like walking just walking like mm-hmm, walking yeah. getting out I love that I love that shit reading has been another big one and also like I found a new hobby which is like painting on pots on terracotta and I like do you have this like technique where like I just I just slather on as much I like making cool colors and like slathering on as much paint as possible letting it dry and then sanding it down so that it's still like flat but it has all of these like little different gradients of color in it and it's just like mm. fun and I like watch fucking my YouTube videos and sand down my pots and and go on walks and like you know talk to my Mexican grandma you know what I mean like I, I feel like I've tried so hard again talking about like my friends who are booked and busy I'm not necessarily like that but it's like I I, I, I feel there's a whole new relationship to like getting up in the morning you know it used to be like oh this urgency because I have to get up because I have to get things done or like even taking a car was time I could respond to emails you know that's obscene to me now like I put my phone in that pocket wherever it goes and I just like roll down the window uh, make love to the wind you know what I'm talking mm, about the and wind I just, like, I just like look at all of my and I like gotten a much better idea of the geography of Los Angeles just because I'm paying more attention when I'm going out you know and instead of just like every f- free minute is like an avenue to knock something else out yeah. my emails are the wild west honey like I haven't <laughs> responded to anyone <laughs> since yes. February can't confirm why not it, can't confirm can wait you know what I mean like I'm just like my my emails are the wild west. I love that. It is. A, it feels good. And I have people talk about, oh, can you do this? Can you do that? No, I can't. No. And in fact, I won't. 
And I don't care if it's an honorarium or whatever. I just don't feel like doing it right now. I did mm. it for free for fucking eight years mm-hmm. or for pennies, you know, for like a sliver of an honorarium. I can't even be bothered to like finish paperwork to get an honorarium. I'm not gonna do it. Y'all mm-hmm. saying no is key. Well, I literally just said no to like this huge project backed by like a big company and it was going to be like six months of work and so much time and I wasn't passionate about it at all and I was like really scared to say no like it took me forever to get to that point I like beat around the bush for weeks because I didn't want to say no to like all that money but at the end of the day I was like I would rather have my time yeah mm-hmm. I'm not in a place where I'm necessarily saying no I mean I I declined events for last month in this for July and August. I'm not ready to like say no for much longer than that. But you know what I did to deal with my inbox? Because I'm tired of also having a crazy inbox. Did you get an assistant, D? I have an assistant. <sighs> I have an assistant. Oh, I love that for I you, I have Jen. a fucking assistant. And Is she in your email? Yeah, for my email. And my... She, she's reading all that filth? <laughs> Oh, I have one folder. Well, that's not allowed to stuff you but, send in the, during the day. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, I truly and and it's. But I'm telling you, it life changing, life changing to have someone who can who can answer all of my emails where they're asking for my bio, my headshot, my tax forms. I like, da, 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 da. that shit is so tedious. It also exists yeah. on the internet. It exists everywhere. Why are you asking me for a fucking bio and a headshot? It's right there on my motherfucking website. I've turned mm-hmm. down opportunities because they asked me for shit like that. And I was like, if you're not <laughs> resourceful enough to get that shit on your own, I do not trust you with my time. That is true. Mm-hmm. It's like we're, I'm not an unknown anymore. So you can find that. I so yeah, Ateeb, you hit a lot of what I do. Um, the biggest one lately has just been walking, put my phone down, be away from social media. I just you know I really it's almost like I try to do like walking meditation where like I feel my foot roll on the ground with every mm. step, and I feel the ground underneath me, and I feel the wind, and I like I've been noticing. Uh, this is gonna sound bad since I live in New York City, but um, I've been trying to really smell the smells usually more in nature, more in the parks than on the streets. But, yeah, I don't know if I really um, want to be smelling everything in New York City. You do not. No. But when we went to, um, uh, you know, Zaddy Alex Chi told us that in Lisbon, the botanical gardens are really nice. Uh, in a, in a, also in a really violent way, because there are a bunch of plants in the Lisbon Botanical Garden. They were a very early colonizer of many places. And so mm-hmm. there are a bunch of plants in the botanical gardens that have gone extinct in their indigenous countries and now only exist on the planet in the Lisbon Bo- Botanical Garden. Um, oh, wow. So it's just this wild place. It's It's cool on a hot day um and i was there with my my boyfriend and the last place we went to before we left was like a garden that i'm pretty sure was designed around smells and so you would like walk through this like little maze and all the plants would give up their fragrances and mix together and then you lose one and get the next and you'd be like wandering the botanical garden and be like what's that smell that i kept getting a waft of and then in the smelling garden you would figure out like what plant that was and I, we just, like, wandered around there for, like, 30 minutes just smelling. And it mm-hmm. was, like, the best 30 minutes of my 2022, I have to say. How, it that was, that's awesome, really nice. but you could do that in New York, too. You can absolutely do that in New York. You're just looking at, okay, is the smell coming from that old bag of Cheetos that's in that garbage exactly. can? Or, <laughs> or is it the rat, rat nest street? under my next door building? Yes. Or is it the pigeon flying off with the mouse? But we can like... play smelling games here, too. No, but that's oh, walking. Man. I find walking to be... I mean, 
it's one of the most meditative things and it's part of why it's such a big aspect of life like if and when you go to like a right like an artist residency and you're like there for a while like and they have all these spaces where you can walk and it's because it's so meditative and it's you're a little bit physical and you're just in the world and it's quiet and that's super that's super amazing but I still have that like I feel that way even if I'm walking in New York City it's like a little bit of a different experience but I still feel that way but for mm. me a big part of my actual rest is actual sleep um, I mm. love to sleep. I fall asleep easily. Um, it's not as difficult. For Must me. be nice. Must be <laughs> nice. Must be nice. It is, oh, it is you imagine? Nice. Um, mm. So getting in bed and working from home has allowed me to start doing this thing that I never could have even conceived of before, which is I will take sometimes multiple naps through the workday. Like not super long, but like 20 minutes here, 20 minutes sometime between 11 and 12, and then maybe 20 minutes again between like three and four. Um, which is great. And my caffeine intake is lower, which is like good for me emotionally. Mm -hmm. Um, So actually like sleeping and resting. And I also feel re-energized even if I just lay in my bed with my eyes closed and I'm not, I don't really sleep, but I just like lay there. Um, That's really, really huge for me. Um, And of course, like watching figure skating videos and I don't, I'm wanting to start, (laughs) like it is, it feels restful. It feels meditative for me. I know that sounds ridiculous, but. Listen, But it is. And the actual feeling of skating, not that I am skating right now, I haven't skated since the pandemic, but the actual feeling of it, the crunch of the blades against the ice and the cold air and the way that you do feel like you're flying. Crunch of the blades against the ice. It's, there's this specific sound, sound, though, that your blades make. Crunch of the blades I'm so sorry. I think I've talked about this on the pod before, but when we were recording in... Um, in Brooklyn, in Greenpoint, Den would get on the train going the opposite direction as the rest of us. And one time she didn't know that we were there and had her headphones in and was doing a full figure routine of the the G platform in Greenpoint with little half jumps and sow cows and like twists. I did. Back bends. It's so (laughs) meditative for me. Rest is an escape. It, the whole thing, everything about it, like the position, the position with your body, the setting. And then viola for me was really meditative when I did it. And now that I'm not trying to be a professional violist anymore, um, I'm, I keep meaning to go have, have my instrument repaired so that I can just start doing like scales again, which are super meditative. Just like playing some scales every day would feel really it's good. It's just so funny. It's it's so funny how it's something that like UD, like I I also used to play instruments um, and I loved them. I loved playing music, but I do not find it. Re- I did not find it restful at that time at all. Mm-hmm. And now that I'm rusty, when I pick it back up or I try to play a scale, it makes me feel insane. I'm like mm-hmm. so stressed because I'm bad at it and I was never that good at it, you know? So it's like, it's just one person's rest is another person's horror. And that is my <laughs> I, horror. But sometimes you have I to work yourself. You, you Sometimes you have to work yourself into a place where you, it becomes restful. Yeah. Like, I feel like with piano, I get that feeling when I'm, 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 I'm practicing enough that I can think in music. Like... Mm. And in terms like and be able to play different times with different hands, like with my mm-hmm. like one hand is like going this way, one hand is going that way, and they're completely independent of each other. And I'm just kind of like lost in it. Like I find that to be really restful. But in order for me to get to that point, I would have to start practicing again, like an hour a day exactly. for you know what I mean for for a long time before I could get mm-hmm. back to that space. But even Not the simple stuff, for which for me a scale would be a simple thing, but like just open strings just bowing my arm back and forth like that movement 
would would take me to a meditative place. Just I will say there is there is something that I do feel restful when it opens up, but it's not open strings. Yeah. (laughs) It's sex is very restful. Yes. As active as it is, you know, that type of the endorphins you get Mm -hmm. afterwards. It's like sex is restful. And that's why I'm I'm like (laughs) So you can just lay there. That's why I'm a lazy top. (laughs) (laughs) Um I just love that we as a culture are we, we're working less and less. Yeah. Like, we don't want to work anymore. And that's awesome. I think like, kid- Beyonce said, release your job. Yeah. And we were like, okay. Wait, everyone was like, wait, should we? I'll do it, Beyonce. I was like, I did well, that I mean, four I years think, ago. I think the kids are actually, like, with the great resignation, whatever we're calling it, I think the kids are kind of understanding, like, yeah. wait a minute. What, what is this? What is this all work thing that y'all have been doing you know what i mean like they're having they're having their midlife crisis at 22 because the planet is melting you know what i mean what is the fucking point of this and who does it benefit? they're also being critical about it though it's like who does it benefit like that culture being created and put on all of us like who did it benefit i mean and there's a very obvious answer right like that it's capitalism run amok it is capitalism run amok the idea that you are lazy if you take an hour of rest the idea that you feel guilty okay, ca- about, um, you know, taking a week off or va- a vacation like that. It, it's capitalism run amok. And the only person, the only ones that that who win in that, right, is the system. Like pe- the people yeah. don't Say win. Say that, sister. Yeah. Sister. Denmark's over here. We got Denmark's. Denmark. <laughs> well, thoughties, um, saying goodbye to you for the last time this season we love you get some rest you know what i mean get some rest hydrate fuck sleep walk walk, smell sing learn about plants whatever it is you do open those strings baby lay there during sex it's okay feel wind you know as we (laughs) might say as we're high um thank y'all so baby is in light of our topic today about rest relaxation and vacation i wanted to talk about a very magical place that i just returned from i want to invite producer alex in lesbian queen to talk about this because she's been there as well and she gave me some great recommendations we're talking today about about portugal alex when did you go i went in 2017 um So that was a while ago, but it is really crazy. Do you guys feel like every single person is in Portugal right now? I feel like so many people are on vacation in Lisbon right now. I don't, I didn't know if something was happening or what, but. Also, do you know that you could pretty much buy Portuguese citizenship? Yep. I did not know that. It's one of the easiest places to get EU citizenship, just in case we all have to jump ship from America in like two to three years. Um, right. Although, although producer the 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 spicy pepperoni producer Alex is going to get Italian citizenship, you bitch. I am. It's- I was just gathering all my documents today for Italian citizenship. But Lisbon was beautiful. It was one of my favorite places I've ever been. I loved just the whole vibe. Vibes. Very- well, you said it was inexpensive when you went, Joe. Oh because- my god! It's not just because the the dollar and the euro reach parity the day after we mm-hmm. arrived, like which was right. just like <laughs> amazing. I mean, just. It is so affordable. It's so walkable. So we, mm-hmm. my my friend had been there just before, and he was like, "Oh, all the Ubers are like 
five euros or whatever to go anywhere. Right. We Ubered once to the airport and that was it. We walked everywhere. We took the subway yeah. a few times. It's very hilly. So you have to mm-hmm. kind of be ready for that. But it has, it's like just such a walkable city and it's so enjoyable to just sort of experience it, it that way. And then it has all these what are called Miradoros. Did you go to the Miradoros? Mm. They're what these, are they? They're these plazas on the top of all the hills and it's like a public mm. park and they have a little cafe with like wine and beer and cocktails and little and bites. Porto. Some of the best some of the best gazpacho I've ever had in my entire life with a little piece of prosciutto right on top that um, that uh, Portuguese prosciutto that they have. It just was so it sounds amazing. restful and affordable. Our Airbnb yeah. was walking distance to everyone. Really nice, fun gay bars. Um, yeah. For people who I don't- love... I, my favorite review of a travel destination is where you're like, look, it, it's walkable. It's so beautiful. The economy is collapsing. <laughs> I know, oh! exactly, exactly. It's so great. That it's, it's exactly. Awesome. Right. That yeah. Yeah. It's also, it is, it is fully the dollar is at parity with the euro because of Putin's fucking war. So, I mean, that's like <laughs> right. why. That's why so Lisbon yeah, was so enjoyable. No, it's like, oh, no. I am curious, Joe, how was your, how was your like, travel experience because i haven't traveled since covid like i haven't done like international um, travel and i hear everyone's luggage is getting lost all the flights so, are delayed oh, yeah. we had pretty good too. luck with the flight so i will say i've as understood as i'm as i'm like 40 now that plane yeah. travel is just hard on me so my yeah. boyfriend really wanted to go to europe and i was just like long flight jet lag no thanks but we compromised and the compromise was we'll pick one city and spend more than a week there so it was like mm-hmm. one flight each way it was not like picking right. up and going here to there and that was like the perfect compromise. And he was totally right. Lisbon, we had like the best time. So it was yeah. just the vibes of the city are just to relax. No one is up before noon. Like the streets no. are empty. It's like you might wander out and get a coffee, but you're like, what time do people start work here? It's just like right. it's a very relaxed place. And it is, it's touristy, but a lot of European tourists. There are a lot of Portuguese folk there. There are a lot of Brazilian mm-hmm. folk there. And mm-hmm. it's really, you know, there's a, Pretty much everyone is very chill about speaking English or or working yeah. your way through it, you know. Non-judgmental, so, non-judgmental, very non-judgmental. I also loved to your point, Joe, of like staying in one place for a week. There are really cute day trips that you can yeah, do. Exactly. We did several day trips. I went with my family and my gay godparents, and we have this tradition of renting a huge van and doing a day trip. And mm-hmm. it was challenging because the streets where we went, we went to Sintra, which was beautiful, but the streets yep. were like this big. And so my dad was like doing the craziest maneuvers. You got, you got to get a mini. That. You got to get a compact You have to car. get a mini. I recommend not getting a big van. Yes. And we also did a really cute day trip to Kaish Kaish. We went to Kaish Kaish. Really nice yes. Loved the tile museum, which sounds like it would be really boring, but it wasn't at all. It was beautiful. Yeah. Devin um, went to the Faro Museum. We went to the Botanical Gardens. Yeah. We ate. I'm telling you, the thing is that it was so affordable. And you know I hate spending money. We ate, like, <laughs> mostly at Michelin-starred restaurants. And wow. it would be like twenty to thirty dollars a person, and that would wow. inc- and that would include a bottle of wine would be like twelve to twenty euros for it's a incredible. bottle of wine. It's incredible. We were just like, so what we're saying is we need someone in Lisbon to bring yes, us out for yes, a food for thought yes, live yes. show. Tourism board, hello. Yes, Tourism yes, board, hello. Yes. Hit us up and obrigado. We'll be there. Yes, obrigado. obrigado. <laughs> Um, a very important disclaimer to all of the thoughts. Uh, this episode was recorded before the Beyonce album was dropped. True. Yes. <laughs> very important. Yeah. Yes. It thank, must you, be disclaimed. thank you, Fran. 
All right, Food for Thought is made possible by the generous, unequivocal support of Rosé and our home at Stitcher. Our producer is the <laughs> musty <No>. manicotti. <laughs> no! I wow. hate when you crack yourself up. Uh, Alexander Japama, subscribe, rate, and review us five stars on iTunes or we will not come back for another season. I'm Tommy <laughs> Teebs. Pico, you can find me at Hey Teebs, H-E-Y-T-E-B-S on Instagram for now. I'm Joseph Osmondson. You can find me and read all about my dumb idiot book that is still really relevant, unfortunately, at www.josephosmondson.com. I'm Fran. You can listen to my new podcast, Like a Virgin, anywhere you stream podcasts. And I'm Den Michelle, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at the Den Michelle, and follow my editorial pursuits at Electric Literature. Mm. Find us on Instagram as Gay Sluts Who Read, and join us on Facebook and Twitter at Food for Thought Pod. And finally, send your questions, thoughts, concerns, and dick pics to thoughts at foodforthoughtpodcast.com. As always, that's food, the number four, and thoughts spelled how? T T A O. <laughs> wow. Nailed it. 50 episodes later. Yay. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Mm. 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 Mm.